You're listening to Kelly Track is Figuring It Out, a new podcast series by me, Kelly Track. I'm a business coach. I'm the soon-to-be published author of P.S. You're a Genius. And I'm a professional figure-it-outer, or at least that's what I'm going to call it. In this mini-series, we're exploring all those feelings and emotions that come up right before you're about to do something big, and how exactly you figure it out along the way. In my case, it's the launch of my very first published book, coming this November 2021. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of Kelly Track is Figuring It Out. This week's episode is all focused around you going for the big dream that you maybe have been putting off or it's been on the back burner for such a long time and you're like, okay, I think I may be ready to do it, but like I have a lot of fear and doubt and worry in my way. So we're going to be talking about how to navigate that. Now, as I have mentioned before on this mini series, or in case you're new, I'll just fill you in on the details. Essentially, I'm looking to retire the Kelly Track Show podcast. It's had a really good run for five years since 2017. I like to think that I was doing podcasting before it was like cool and mainstream. (laughs) Um, And I've had a really good run, but I feel like I'm on to just new things and I want some new creative projects. And the biggest one being uh, pursuing a Netflix show or any kind of show. It doesn't have to be Netflix. It can be another streaming platform or it can be a regular TV channel, but some kind of show. This has been such a long held dream for me and something that I have been also extremely nervous to pursue. And like, I've kind of consistently, I don't know, how about I describe it? I've wanted it for a really long time, for years, but I've always kind of felt like it was either too big or it wasn't the right time I was, or I was focused on other things. And only recently have I decided that, you know what, maybe I should give this like a proper try. So I want to give you some of the things that I have been thinking about in my own life in case some of this really helps you. So the first thing I have been doing a lot, especially in this season of you know, a lot of movement in my life and a lot of things have been changing and I've been changing up stuff left, right, and center. (laughs) One of the things I like to do and I like to journal on from time to time is I like to make a list and this is the prompt. What would I do if I wasn't scared? And then I write down just free form what I think I would do, what things I would pursue or quit or start, what action steps I would take. It's really good to think about you know, what are the things you would do if you had like your highest self-worth ever and you thought every single thing was a possibility and an option and then just sort of see what comes up. Sometimes it might surprise you. So on this list, there is probably a very high chance that your big dream that you've been putting off goes on this list somewhere, either at the top or the middle or the bottom, depending on how prevalent it has been in your head. And one of the things I like to remind myself whenever I look at this list is uh, one of the things I actually wrote inside of P.S. You're a Genius. It was actually probably my favorite passage in the entire book. There is this one paragraph about how your undying dream contains your deepest genius. And truly, like if you looked and evaluated all of your dreams and your deep, deepest desires, you would probably find some of your most innate gifts and probably your most innate genius. It's like the thing that would really come out to play if you did all these things. So whenever you're kind of getting in the trap of self-doubt, when you're looking at this list of things I would do if I wasn't scared. So that's one of my first things for you right out of the gate. Make that list. What would I do if I wasn't scared? I try to do this one like once a quarter and then I try to tick each item off one by one. And if I am not feeling it or I feel too nervous to do it, that's fine. 
I just save it for, for later and it'll just show up next time I make this list, which is a lot of my life. I feel like it's just like, oh, well, it didn't get ticked off on this list. Let me add it to another list <laughs> that I make down the road. I feel like my life is sometimes a series of lists. I mean, at least that's what my journal looks like. But anyways, that's my tip for you right out of the gate. What would you do if you weren't scared? So the second thing I want to talk to you about is timing and when exactly you pursue this thing once and for all, because, you know, like we were just talking about some of these big, scary dreams have been on my lists for years, years. If I go back to lists I was writing in 2018 and 2019, what was at the top Netflix show? Have I worked on Netflix show? No. <laughs> is it on my list right now? Yeah. Have I done anything about it? Not much trying to get there. But the point is, is that there is going to be an element of timing and you kind of just have to go with your gut, your instinct, your heart, however you like to make decisions. I know for me, and I'll speak from personal experience, I kind of sort of almost like feel it in my body when it's time to move on it. And it kind of is ready to come through me, if that makes sense. And it's like, okay, I've had this idea for a while. I should like do something about it now. And I just sort of feel it as an intuitive knowingness, even though it's scary, even though it probably scares the living crap out of myself, there's sort of this feeling of like, now's the right time. Like I've got to move on it now. So this can be a hard thing to turn into some sort of like teaching point to educate you on or to share because how this may surface for you can come up in a variety of different ways. I'm going to explain this through two previous examples of when I uh, started pitching for PS Your Genius because this was actually a long held dream I had for like, ooh, five years. And then I had started pitching it uh, actually kind of on a whim in 2020 after a series of downloads and intuitive nudges that it was time to go. So I'm going to explain what those were. So maybe you can connect to it in your own life. Um, when I was in uh, Indigo Books, which is our kind of like Canadian equivalent of like Barnes and Noble, like our, our big chain of, of bookstores in Canada, when I was in, in the Indigo Books and I was at their new downtown location on Robson Street, I remember standing in this section of um, their books. It's actually where they have their vegan cookbooks. And I was standing over there and it was in when was it? It was 2019. And I all of a sudden felt this download and this feeling and this intuitive voice in my head that said, you're going to have a book here soon. And I mean, I knew it wasn't going to be in the cookbook section because I'm not writing cookbooks, but I had this knowing, I had this intuitive knowing that I was going to have a book soon. And pitching a book was truly not on my radar. And I really didn't even know what to do with that information because I didn't even know what I was, you know, going to write about. And then I feel like that was in, that was right when Gabby Bernstein's, um, book, super Tractor came out. It was right. Cause I remember buying that book just right around the same time. Um, and coming home from the bookstore with that book in my hands being like, Oh, really, really interesting. Okay. I'm going to have a book like, like Gabby's that I just bought. It was kind of just, it kind of felt like a, a weird thing, but I kind of also knew it was like really an intuitive download and it was, I don't know, something maybe to listen to. I ended up starting to pitch for PS Your Genius only a couple months later when I really had that feeling of like, okay, it's like go time. And when I actually had the idea, which came from me pitching for a TED talk, not getting it and thinking, well, what else can I do with this? And the first thing I heard from my intuition was take it and turn it and pitch it as a book. And lo and behold, what did I do? I took it and I pitched it as a book, but I kind of had that feeling that it was kind of time to move on the idea, if that makes sense. The other time this really came up for me was, um, 
When I was pitching for literary agents, because with books, you have to have an agent before you get a book deal if you want to go the traditional route. And I had sent off so many um, messages to agents. I had pitched for so many agents. And there's kind of a waiting phase where when an agent is interested in your work, they'll ask for your proposal and you give them their, the 50 page document explaining your book and all that good stuff. And then they kind of read it and they sit on it. And then if they're interested, they'll get on a phone call with you, ask you more questions. If they're really interested, they'll offer you representation and they'll take you on as a client and then work to sell your book to a publishing house and get you a book deal. Now, this was at a phase where I had sent out a bunch of pitches and I was starting to get like nibbles and I was starting to get on calls with agents and people were starting to be interested in my work. And there was this weekend and I remember exactly the feeling. I was sitting in the passenger seat. I was driving over the Lionsgate Bridge, which is in Vancouver, Canada. Um, and I remember like looking out at the mountains and that whole week I felt like I was getting downloads of like, this book needs to come out now. This book needs to come out now. And like, I kept hearing the words genius everywhere I went. And I just, I just felt like I have to freaking write this and I have to freaking write it now. And I remember driving over that bridge and I had this like download that like, this needs to happen now. Like I am not available to wait any longer. Like I have to do this. And I had that feeling of like, it has to happen now. And I can't even describe it other than like, it's like a download of information for me. And I talk about downloads of information and like listening to your intuitive downloads inside of PS, you're a genius. So if you're confused on that, that book will guide you through that because it's been, I don't know how else to describe it, but I describe it really well in that chapter. <laughs> I definitely had like editorial feedback on that chapter being like, can you, can you make this a little bit more clear? And I'm like, yes, ma'am, I got that. I can change that and make it more clear because it's kind of abstract thinking drilled down into something more tangible. Anyways, that day I literally, it was like a Sunday and I was driving over the bridge. I had this feeling that the book needed to happen. And I literally sent out a bunch of emails. I probably sent out 15 emails to agents who had my proposal, but I had not heard from yet. And I was like, look, I'm starting to get nibbles. People are on, agents are getting on calls with me. If you're interested, let me know. And it is not customary for you to reach out to agents and like say, Hey, how's it going? Like you're not supposed to really follow up. It's very much like a, if we're interested, we'll contact you because they get so many pitches, which I understand, but I really had the download that it needed to happen and it was happening soon. And then boom, that day, literally within probably five hours, I got an email from my agent with an offer of representation and she was the agent I ended up picking. So my intuitive downloads have been very correct when I feel that sensation of it's time to move. I've lately been feeling that sensation of it's time to move with the Netflix show. And Oh, I don't know. It feels nerve. I feel nervous even when I say it out loud because it's so different and it's just a whole new thing I've never done before, but I've been starting to feel like it's coming, like it's coming. And I had the intuitive download that I kind of need to get going on it because we're probably at least, you know, two years away from a show potentially even coming out at least. And, um, yeah, that's just sort of one of the tips I wanted to pass off to you when you are wanting to pursue that dream that you've always wanted to pursue don't beat yourself up if you haven't pursued it yet. I feel like when the time is right, you'll know when it's time to go. And how do I describe it? It kind of just feels like a calm, steady voice inside your mind. It kind of just feels like a knowing or a feeling in your body. And I think the key thing here is to kind of not try to stuff it down or not try to ignore it. Because when you kind of know it's time to go, I really encourage you to take action. And also don't be hard on yourself if you haven't done it yet. Like truly I have been, I don't know, freaking sitting on this idea for uh, a show for, for a long time. Right. And I'm only starting to kind of turn the corner now and really explore what that would look like now. So that's kind of my tip for you. That's tip number two. 
um, really act when you feel like it's time to do it. So the third thing I'm gonna pass off to you is this tip, uh, what needs to go? So whenever I'm trying to pursue something big, I need to clear space in my calendar, which means what needs to go on the chopping block and what needs to get axed? What's no longer bringing me joy and what do I not wanna do anymore? And sometimes this kind of comes with the action items that came from the list of like, what would you do if you weren't scared? Because maybe you know some things you need to quit or get rid of or minimize or delegate or delete uh, or, or eliminate entirely, but we haven't sort of done them yet. So in order to create the space you need to do your, your soul's calling and to do that big, bold dream that you've been putting off, ask yourself what needs to go. I know for me, when I'm thinking about time and trying to reclaim more time to pursue big projects. I always try to think of this metaphor that one of my friends gave me in business school, and I'm pretty sure it came from somebody else. I don't even know who thought of this, but my good friend from business school sat me down once and we were having coffee together and we were catching up and she told me about the rocks in the vase. I don't know if you say vase or vase. I'm going to say vase. <laughs> so she said, Kelly, when you have uh, priorities on your plate, imagine you have a glass vase and you want to put the big rocks in first and then you put all the small rocks in and then you put the sand in on top and that's how you get all the stuff in the vase. Now, what most people do is they have a clear vase, they put all of the small rocks in and then they try to get the big rocks in and then the big rocks don't fit. I love this metaphor. A, because it's very visual and I'm a visual person. And B, it just reminds me to put the big rocks in first. So I think, okay, what are the big rocks in my life? And how can I, can I get those in place first? And what are the small rocks? And you know what? If I need to clear space, small rocks need to go to make space for big rocks. So obviously the Netflix show would be a huge rock. Writing another book, huge rock, right? So then I think, okay, what are all of these small rocks that are getting all of my attention right now? So I think, okay, the Kelly Track Show podcast. And I'm like, okay, do I want to keep doing this? Well, no, because this needs to go to free up time to work on the show. I also think about social media, which I've spent in the past a ton of time on. I spent tons of time creating content for social, for my business. And I'm like, yeah, no, not happening anymore. I cannot do this. I mean, maybe down the road, if I want to make more content, no problem on social. But right now I'm in a phase of my life where there's no content on social. And that's fine because when I think about the long-term payoff, I'm like, what do I want more in the long run? Netflix show or I don't know, social media followers and like people following content on social. I'm like, those two things aren't even on the same level whatsoever. I'm like, Instagram gone, deleted off my phone, need to clear up space. <laughs> so when it comes to you and your life, when we talk about your big rock, I want you to think about that. Visualize your big rock and how fun and cool and exciting it is and how awesome it would be if you did that. Now think of all of your small rocks and all of the time sucks or tasks you don't like working on or things that you're doing that are just sucking up your time, even in ways that you don't even want to be doing it. For example, like endless social media scrolling, being on email way too much, and then ask yourself, how can I outsource this or how can I eliminate this? So I like to... <laughs> I like to be very ruthless with my stuff and I like to only focus on the stuff I really, really 10 out of 10 want to do. And if it's not a 10 out of 10, it just gets the chopping block. And if I cannot get rid of it, uh, my assistant does it for me. Thank you, Maria. I appreciate you very much. Um, but what I was going to say is just 
really be diligent and really go through that list of small rocks and think, how can I outsource this or how can I delete it? And sometimes you gotta like, you know, make trade-offs, right? So here's an example. I'll give you a, this is a big financial trade-off too. Um, I have decided to stop live launching my offerings and everything is just on 24 seven evergreen enrollment. I make a lot of money from live launches. It's one of, it's one of the strategies that gives me the highest months in my business always. And it has been on record. I need to stop doing that because it sucks up time and it's keeping me away from the big vision of the Netflix show. Because I know in my heart of hearts, if I didn't give it a fair try and if I didn't pursue the Netflix show and I just kept sort of doing, you know, my business as is, I would really regret it later. So sometimes you got to make the trade-offs that aren't fun, right? So me taking a good dip in income in order to pursue this thing is what's happening right now in real time, but it's what makes sense for my heart. One of the questions that Tim Ferriss asks is very fascinating and I like it a lot. And he has this concept and I might butcher how he says it, but it goes like this. He's like, what if we could only solve problems by subtracting stuff versus adding things? And I love this. I love this idea. I mean, I am a huge minimalist. The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up is one of my favorite books. I am a Marie Kondo diehard. I literally had to cut back how many times I talked about Marie Kondo in my book because I would just pretty much talk about her in every single chapter if I possibly could because she's so doing her genius and I'm like obsessed with her work and I wish I could be like her one day and have that level of virality and amazing content and the world loving you and having a Netflix show and a best-selling book and New York Times bestseller and 3 million copies sold plus. Okay, anyways, I gotta stop. And take a deep breath. Anyways, enough about Marie Kondo. Back to this concept of simplifying things. Really consider this in your business. What if you could only solve problems by subtracting? AKA, really think about if you wanna get the big rocks in there, which small rocks are you gonna take out? How can you clear up space, simplify things, make things easier for you? I love ease. There's a whole chapter on ease inside of PS You're a Genius. And it is, ooh, it's right towards the end. And it's, ooh, it's actually, I think, the second longest chapter now that I think about it. AKA meaning I could probably write a whole book on this. <laughs> okay, the chapter title is called um, Make Ease Your Main Metric. And this has always been one of the guiding principles in my business. And the main metric in my business is, is this easy? Is it simple, right? And ease is something I always look for. And if it's not easy, it's not the answer. I go by that a lot in my life. If it's not easy, it's not the answer. That doesn't mean we can't do like the big, hard, scary things, but when it comes to problem solving and figuring out solutions and strategy, if it's not easy, it's not the right answer. And I think about that a lot. I'll let you simmer on that. I, that one gets my mind and my gears going all the time because I'm always thinking about how can I simplify this? Anyways, I'm gonna save everything I have to say on ease for that chapter of the book because it's amazing and I love it. And it's probably the reminder I need the most because it's the principle that has taken me the longest to master. And I don't think I'm still a master, but it's the one I've had to work on the most is letting things be easy, letting things be simple, simplifying my life going after what's important, cutting back on stuff I don't need to do, being diligent about getting the big rocks in there and then getting rid of all the small rocks or streamlining the small rocks or fitting them in there after or getting my assistant to do the small rocks <laughs> because I can't get rid of the small rocks. You know what I mean. Now, my fourth tip for you in terms of going after your big dream is to really ask yourself this. When was the last time you pulled off something so big that it felt impossible and you did it? 
I think this is really important to use as proof that you can do it again. I really believe this. If you've done it once, you can do it again. I say this all the time to coaching clients. Say for example, they get their first client. I'm like, cool, you got one client. You got one person to give you their credit card, go through checkout on your site and you booked a client and they paid you. If you do that once, you can do it again, right? So it's really helpful to look at all of the cool things you've done in the past and what you've been able to pull off and remind yourself and remind your mind, which is probably having an internal freak out that you can do this again. So think back to something you did that you thought was formerly impossible and then you did it, you made it happen. You got the client, you moved across the country, you landed a role in Hollywood, whatever it was for you that you formerly thought was truly so far away or difficult or hard to pull off and you did it. Now think about that every time you're going for this next goal. It's sort of like you can really expand your own subconscious mind and prove to yourself that's possible based on your past history of success. So I know for me, when I think about my Netflix show, where I am now after pitching and getting a book deal is entirely different from where I was before because getting a book deal by myself, AKA nobody approached me. I had no agents approach me. I had no publishing houses approach me. No offense to myself, but I'm, I'm kind of like a nobody. Like I've done well in my corner of the internet, but like I'm not a household name. Nobody's like knocking on my door being like, I would love to give you a book, like please. I had to go out there and get it, right? And um, if you haven't been following my story, I got over 200 rejection letters for uh, PS Your Genius. And a lot of people didn't like it, didn't want it, didn't think I had enough followers. And it came down to two agents at the end wanted my, my book. Um, and I ended up getting one book publishing deal and it all worked out fine and dandy, but that was a process. It took me months to get through that, um, and to get the right agent and to pitch and put myself out there. And when I pulled that off and when I got the call that I was getting a book deal from Marianne Crench, my beloved literary agent, I just felt like I did a huge power up in what I thought was possible because I literally went from an idea that I put into a proposal that got turned into something I would pitch to agents, which turned into an actual deal with an actual agent who had sold many books before and was one of the top five deal makers in the business book section, which turned into a publishing deal with like a legit publishing house that wanted to give me an amazing offer uh, with huge upside financially. And me writing this whole thing, it was like, to me, it's almost still mind-boggling that I pulled that all off and I did it all. And whenever I think about my Netflix show, I think, oh, well, I, I did that. And when I, I Googled recently about pitching, obviously I'm now in a phase where I'm trying to study how, you know, TV works and how unscripted TV gets produced and what that looks like and how you get a producer and how you put a show together and all that kind of stuff. When I saw the pitch docs that people actually do for shows, they're like, some of those are like literally like two pages. And I'm like, buddy, I just came off a 50 page proposal. <laughs> I think I can do two pages, um, which is really funny. So it's just helpful to think back to times when you really expanded your own self and you proved to yourself, I can do this. I am truly a badass. I can pull this off to quote Madame Jensen Chiro, You are a badass. Of course, I still love Jen Sincero. She's uh, somebody else I really aspire to be. I'm going to have to... She also gets mentioned a ton inside of PS Your Genius. No surprise. I've been looking up to her for a really, really long time. Jen Sincero, if you're listening, I love you. You're amazing. You've inspired me in so many ways. Anyways, think about that. Think about ways you have truly, really risen to the occasion and use that as proof that you can do it again. 
So my next tip for you is to research and learn, especially if you're going into something you know nothing about, AKA, this is what I had to do when I was pitching for my book because I had no experience in the literary world and I didn't know anything about pitching for it. And then I'm doing it one more time now because I literally know nothing about TV. So I gotta learn. Now, this is an important caveat here. You wanna research and get educated, but you don't wanna do it so much where you just never take action. So you kind of gotta find that intuitive fine line for yourself. But I really find that it helps to learn and like get absorbed and understand industry language because every industry has its own language and you know, they all have different words and you gotta know what it all means in order to put the puzzle pieces together. So I really recommend going down the rabbit hole. So how I've been doing it right now is I've been downloading a ton of podcasts that talk about how to create unscripted TV, AKA like reality TV shows that don't have like a script that you're going off of like a movie, for example. And I've been just trying to learn about the industry and just sort of hear what these words are, what the flow is trying to get a, a, a vibe for what the steps are, what the stages are, who's been successful, how people have been successful and just learning. I've also been trying to Google things like examples of like what a pitch would look like or what those pitch templates look like. With my book process, I bought Jensen Shero's course on how to write and sell your nonfiction book proposal. And I followed it to a T. And I like to always think about, you know, who's done this before me? What kind of documents are out there? You should think about like, are there courses you can take? Are there folks who you can follow, listen to, podcasts you can listen to? Really learn, like get a good sense, kind of like a good sense of things before you jump into creation because then it'll just feel a little bit easier. So those are kind of pretty much the steps because once you have all that stuff in place, you kind of are ready to rock and ready to, ready to go and, and just sort of do it. Yeah, and I don't really have many other tips on doing it other than just doing it and getting it done and, and starting, really. Like, I feel like once you kind of get the momentum going on building something, creating something, starting something, and you've kind of got the steam in your engines, you can kind of just keep on trekking. Like, for example, when I started pitching for agents, once I got like the first five pitches out, I was like, okay, I kind of know how to do this. Let me keep going. Same thing when I was starting the podcast. I knew how to do the first couple episodes. I kind of nailed that. And I was like, okay, I think I can keep doing it from here. And sort of just get that initial early, early footing and just keep going. Oh, I'm going to give you a sixth tip. And that's to track your stats. I'm obsessed with tracking my stats. I do this all the time. When I was pitching for agents, every time I pitched an agent, I would write done. And I would keep track of all the people I would pitch. Because it was kind of... In my head, it was a reminder that I was making progress even if it didn't look like it on the outside. I do this with literally everything. Um, I used to track sales. Every time I had a sale, I used to write it down. I, I still actually do track sales. I have a piece of paper over here that's tracking my sales right now for the month. Every time, I, have, I just set up a new document uh, yesterday to track book marketing. With every single goal I have book marketing wise, and I'm gonna be tracking every single podcast I'm on, every single media feature, uh, every time I get influencer shoutouts, I have documents tracking for everything. And these documents are all tracking the things that usually are like, I don't know, the stuff that takes a while. And it's important to kind of just make sure that you see and acknowledge how far you're coming and how much progress you're making, even on the days when it feels like nobody's getting back to you, you're getting no's, you're getting turned down, you know, clients are not booking console calls, people are not interested in your business no matter how much you're reaching out. For example, me on the days I was trying to pitch for agents, nobody wanted to hear about my book proposal. And truly having a document in front of you that is showing you everything that you have done and all of the steps you've taken can make you feel so much better. And truly it feels great. Even if I remember like when I would send out pitches for agents, 
even if I know I was pitching like a huge agent and I kind of knew I was never going to get a message back or anything like that, the fact that I would get to write down like done or like I pitched this person inside my document, it just, it made me feel good. I was like, yes, I did another run. Yay. Okay. Amazing. I'm one step closer. <laughs> it's just sort of about keeping track of your success so that you can see that you are making progress, even though it might not look like it on the outside. Okay, dokie. I think this is a good place to wrap up. So we're going to go through the six tips I would give you in terms of how to go after that big dream that you have been perhaps putting on the back burner for a really long time and putting off. Okay, so tip number one, and this is the question I usually ask myself once a quarter and journal on. What would you do if you weren't scared? Make a list of all the actions you would take if you were in your highest self-worth ever. Number two, know when it's time to move. Like know when you feel it intuitively that you gotta like go and, and honor it and be okay with the fact that maybe it's been months, even years where you haven't done it. When you feel like it's time to move, move. You know, everything's working out for you in the exact right divine timing. Number three, ask yourself what needs to go. One of my favorite questions here to use comes from Mr. Tim Ferriss himself. And he says, you know, what if you could only solve problems by subtracting or whatever his version of the quote is? Think about that. Think about how do you get the big rocks in first and then add all of the small rocks. Number four, when was the last time you pulled off the impossible? Think about a time you really blew yourself away and you're like, whoa, I just did that. And remember, if you've done it once, you can do it again. Number five, study your industry, really learn things inside out. And then when you feel kind of ready, then start taking action. But it really helps to learn and figure out, you know, who's done this before. Can I buy a course? Can I study something? Can I read a ton of blogs? Can I listen to a lot of podcast interviews to kind of get like a sense of what's going on and get a sense of the industry and then start. And number six, when you do start track your success, keep track of the stuff you're doing so that you can see your progress. Even on the days, it doesn't look like you're making any progress on the outside. I love tracking my success. I'm obsessed about it because what you focus on, you create, right? So if you want to focus on your success, you're going to get success. So those are my tips. I hope you liked it. And I hope you go after that big dream of yours. Thanks so much for listening to my show. I so appreciate you being here. And hey, if you want to order your copy of PS, You're a Genius, an unconventional guide to finding your innate gifts, even when you feel like you have none, you can pre-order it today at kellytrack.com books. That's kellytrack.com books. I hope my book finds its way to your doorstep this November, 2021. Alrighty, catch you back here soon. Adios.